Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. You know how we do, Chatham. Super Tuesdays, right here on WKBY 1080 AM. Hope you guys are having a great time and, you know, we sit around and we talk about life. We try to figure a thing out and we try to listen to the Lord and let Him show us where to be. And, and, and it's funny because we just came out of the series political party and uh, and I, I, I'm trying to think that this is not an addition to that but I just you know I'm not a political guy so I was just praying and asking the Lord you know what are we talking about what are we talking about Lord what are we doing here and everything I heard from the Lord was yes and amen so I, I didn't have a clear direction where to be because some of these series is some of, some of these are new topics and some of these are just places where my where I find myself talking to the Lord with where we are as a country, where we are as a community, where we are as people, and of course where I am as a person, as a man, as a father. You know, can't use the word single father because the government says my my government name is a widower, so I had to make sure I put the right information out there. I don't want to misrepresent myself because like from a contractual standpoint I would be in error and breach of contract if I named my status, my marital status, or anything different than widower right now. But I throw that out there, and some people have been concerned with COVID-19 and the whole, you know, sheltering in and quarantine and do I have COVID? Do I not have COVID? Does she got COVID? Does he got COVID? Does my dog can have COVID? Does my great aunt Lucy who died have COVID? You know, but here's the thing. POTUS has COVID. So so I have a question now. And again, I'm not a political guy, and I'm, I'm just trying to follow the Lord, and I just find myself at a space where I just need to ask myself some questions. I can't ask anybody else any questions. I have to ask myself. And in myself is a conversation I have with God. Okay, God, so what are, what are we doing now? Where, you know, people say that COVID is fake. People are saying it's some big governmental plot, and people are saying, you know, that there's, no reason to wear a mask and you're foolish for, for doing so and you're foolish for obeying the law you're foolish for disobeying the law and you know you get hosed down and watered down and shot up and pushed around and given a bulletproof vest or whatever you need to be given to follow the law but now that POTUS has COVID what are we going to do does that mean the cure is coming faster now because POTUS has it well, now, well no, now let's go with the with some of the naysayers say, right? Because they're saying that people who are over a certain age are the ones who actually have the greater opportunity and the greater risk of succumbing to the virus. So POTUS is older. I, I don't know if POTUS has any type of pre-existing conditions, right? I mean, does this all of a sudden mean that his, you know, government-provided health care, you know, support him? he has a pre-existing condition if we don't, you know, do something with that medical health care plan that he's either trying to cancel or fix or upgrade or whatever we're doing with that. But I'm sure he lives above the the financial line high enough so he's sure he can choose his own health care plan and process for that. But but because POTUS has it, does it make does it make it real now that the, that COVID-19 is something for real? Or is it still something that that's pretending? Oh, well, okay, I've even got a better question. Is is that young black doctor lady who was saying that she had some, a, I don't know if you call it a cocktail of drugs or some drug, something she was prescribing for her 
her COVID-19 patients and was publicly ostracized and ridiculed for using that cure. But later on, kind of the whispers saying that it was effective. Does he get that cure? Or because POTUS has it, does that mean that a cure for COVID-19 is actually going to come faster because the president and the first lady have COVID? Okay, or is it just a, is it a bigger hoax now to garner sympathy for POTUS because of the last debate that we just had? Does it mean that POTUS doesn't go to the next debate because he has to be self-quarantined? Is, is, that, the, is that the card that we play now to when we don't get our way and we, we, we go and we hide under some other excuse? And again, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a political guy. I don't, I don't choose for blue, red, or whatever because I noticed there was only two party people up there. Hey, party people. Yeah, two political parties up there on the podium for that debate. What happened to the other candidates for Greenpeace and for the other political groups, the other independents out there, they weren't allowed to debate? Or was it the fact that no one really cared about what the other candidates had to say? But again, like, we, like I've been sharing the last three weeks on the this, this series, is that it doesn't matter anyway who you check for in the box for president. It's the electoral college is the one that matters. So we need to be checking those boxes for state and federal positions, so for the propositions. We, we need to be electing our officials. We need, we need to be praying to the Lord, Lord, show me how to pick the proposition and pick the candidate that you would want to have in office. Not me selfishly want to have. God, how do I, how do I use my lens for you and so I can see what you want from these propositions, from these 15, 18, 20, 50, 100 page documents that are a proposition. How do we know that that lobbyist group is not selfish? And I'm sure they all are. They, they all have their agenda there. Good, bad, or indifferent. But the reality is the Lord has his agenda as well, that we need to be following that as a Christian. If we, if, if we say we're Christian, we can't say that. I guess what's funny is, it's more people professing to be Trump followers than followers of Christ. And I'm not quite sure what's up with that. We seem to, as Christians, seem to be a lot more vocal about our political party than we are about our religious belief. And I don't understand that at all. People want to have arguments in parking lots and at, from the pulpit and from the supermarkets and all over social media about how the debate was one way or another, won by one person or that person, red, blue, whatever, Donald won or... Joe won. In both cases, I was disrespectful to the presidents, to the offices of those two gentlemen. Just like those gentlemen were disrespectful to the offices themselves, just like they were disrespectful to the adults in this country and across the world in general as being role models to us as men and to our children. That first debate was one of the most ridiculous displays of sorry, messed up, Manhood I have seen in a long time. Pick a party, you both of them sucked. Pick a pick a candidate, they both look like idiots. Pick a candidate, they were both disrespectful to each other. They were disrespectful from the office of the presidency and they were disrespectful to the office of the presidency. That's not how we would want our leaders to work. Leaders to speak to each other. You don't call the president out of his name. For I don't care if you like Barack Obama or not, or Jimmy Carter or Henry Ford, all of those men, including 
whoever is going to be the next president after November the 15th. They will forever be known as Mr. President or as President so-and-so. You don't call the president out of his name by his first name. Not unless he gives you expressed, explicit instructions and permission that you can. But the reverence for the office, the respect for the office should always be maintained even in a heated debate. My dude called the dude said, Donald, Donald, be quiet. Donald, be quiet. That man is Mr. President. Be quiet. Excuse me, Mr. President, I'm talking. Someone needs to be the adult in that because that was that people said, oh, that was like two five year olds having a temper tantrum. I'm, I'm not even sure five years old is doing respect to a five year old. That was ridiculous. Watching these guys not allowing each other to talk, deflecting from the questions, avoiding the issue, not telling the truth because of the word says the truth will make you free. And if anybody out there believes that any one of those men told some truth to make any of us free, we need to have you seek some counsel of some sort. Because there's no way you can make me believe that either one of those two men or anyone that's ordained from God to lead this country is someone we should be following. But what do we do with it? We're supposed to pray for our leadership. We're supposed to to be respectful of government. But when our government is not respectful to itself and not respectful to each other, then what are we supposed to do? The word says, or Jesus said, render unto Caesar who's, what is Caesar's? When Jesus was talking, was looking at the coin and 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 someone asked him about, do we, do we pay tithe or do we not pay tithe? And what do we do with our money here? Do we not pay taxes? Sorry, not tithe, taxes, not tithes, but do we pay our taxes and trying to, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees are trying to trap Jesus into uh, violating the law. And Jesus asked him, whose face is that on that coin? Oh, that's Caesar's. Okay, fine. Then render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, our Caesar's have told us that speaking to each other out of turn, being disrespectful to each other from a public platform, worldwide audience is perfectly okay. And if our leadership, our next Commander-in-chief from no matter which one of those men won, neither one of them showed the proper decorum and respect that you would want to have in that chair. Neither one of them will be men that I would want to come and speak to my children about anything. Neither one of those gentlemen showed me anything in itself to show me that I need to say, you know what, when, I, when you grow up, you need to be a president just like this. Because these gentlemen are showing you how it's done. These gentlemen showed us how to talk poorly to each other, how to not wait our turn, how to not tell the truth, how to avoid an issue. They showed us exactly how we should, how we are speaking to each other in public. They represented what they represented fully and clearly what problems we're having in race relations right now. Because I'm not going to play the race card just because I'm a black man. And again, I wasn't a black man until eight minutes and 48 seconds ago. I was an African-American until some guy, some guy put his knee on his neck and all of a sudden he became black again. But beyond that, pick a nationality. Those two dudes on that, on that TV, on that debate, showed every white man how they should talk to another white man with no respect at all. And so here's my take. If I can't find respect from my commander-in-chief, 
and from my vice president who was in the White House from the, from the term before, if I can't see respect being shown from that man either, then what should I expect from my neighbor? What should I expect from law enforcement? What should I expect from military? What should I expect from the grocery store clerk? Hmm. What should I expect from my so-called Christian brother or sister that's socially distanced from me across the aisle, six foot away during church, whether it's me in my car, sitting in a parking lot or some restaurant or whatever, or sitting at my own couch at home watching it on TV. My political leaders, the next commanders of the great nation that is the United States of America have just told me that we can have a flat out argument on TV and not listen to each other at all and rant and rave and have senseless quarrels, which we spent the last three weeks talking about, was on full display and that's totally acceptable. And I, and I understand fully that this is a capitalistic society, that it's not going to be fair. It's not kumbaya. It's not socialistic. We're not all going to have our way or, or, or the highway. It's, it's going to be what you work for, what you earn, what you've been used your prominence for. Some people are afraid of the other word. I thought I was going to say that. Oh, privilege, right? Hmm. I'm just saying it like this. Those two gentlemen of prominence and influence just showed the world that it's okay to not have respect for the offices. Neither one of them are worthy. But you know, there's grace, right? We're not worthy either because if the Lord removed his power from us, we'd be dead. I'm not even sure the Lord wants any of us up there right now because we're still living. He's trying to give us the opportunity to make it, to get there, to get it right, to for once and for all, kind of, can we get along? Yeah, Rodney King, he wanted to get along too. Yeah, I, I understand. There were some people who don't you know, speak bad about Rodney King, you know, and don't want to speak speak ill of the dead, Craig. I get it. All right, let's let's get off that topic. But but where do we begin with healing our country? Oh no no, hold on, wait, cowboys, just wait. Okay, what are we waiting on? Were we waiting for the the order to ride in and take over and hurt people? because you didn't win or because you won? Is that what we're saying now? Is that what we're doing now? I worry more about hoarding now, whether we're hoarding munitions or hoarding food, because do we have to be concerned with April 15th or 16th if either candidate wins? Do I need to board up my home and worry now more than ever? What are we supposed to be doing with our life? What do we do with this political structure that we're in right now? If we are following after the way, what was that? But yet, a lot of us Christians are, are relishing in that, in that debate, that something positive happened. I need someone to show me one positive thing, one. I'm, I'm like the Lord before we destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Show me one good Christian in that, in that search. Show me one good thing that's, that brought communities together from that debate. Anyway, I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We'll be right back after this message. It's been a long time. Preach, preach up. If you really want to party with me, you got it. Wow. 
This is Mr. C, the host of The Framework, a Christian hip-hop music show. We're all getting back to live and looking for something new, clean, and something to bob your head to. Well, here it is. My four youngest sons and I, we're playing the best in Christian hip-hop music. Mainstream, indie, local artists, you name it. You don't have to be a super producer to get on the show. Follow The Framework on social media for air times and locations. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and both Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to the Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, but I'm on one today. I, I, I'm sorry, Chatham. This is probably not your regular show. I might, I might have to get this. Might have to get this show cleared by the station before the air. You know, I, and I tell people, I don't. The station doesn't pay me to be on. I pay myself to be. I, I pay myself to be on. So it's that's fine. And if, if you know, no one wants to play, no one wants to air. That's fine. I, I, I can't let something like this go by. Because my 17 year old son sat there with me and watched that debate friend of mine and we and we talked about it during the debate we watched some cnn footage just the round table discussion they were ha- having trying to fact check both candidates from their statements we were watching the actual debate itself going on at the same time hearing what was actually going on i don't i don't understand i i talked to another friend of mine and my driveway afterwards, she was just in shock and amaze, just shock and awe pretty much of what that looked like. It's just how how bad that actually looked, how that poorly represented these fine, great United States of America. We talk about, yeah, we want to make America great again. But what was that? What was great about that debate? What what made the made us great again with that right there? And it goes for both candidates. I, I use that one slogan for the current commander in chief because that's what we're supposed to be doing. If that is a representation, that debate of greatness, then you know what? Greatness is really nothing nowadays. It's really lost its definition because that was a mess. People think, well, it's all right to have arguments, Craig. It's right to hold your position and speak your point. I'm not sure there was any points really made that were truthful. And, And I know, you know, a lot of politicians really don't really share and tell all the truth, but but who? But do we? Do any of us? If we dealt with our Christianity or, and our sin and our spirituality, we would have to all say we've all lied. We've all driven over the speed limit. We've all cheated in some way, shape, form, or fashion to, to kind of bend things to our advantage. So, so okay, so I can't throw stones. Any, no one, none of us can throw stones at those two gentlemen. But when we talk about what we want to be when we grow up, I wanted to be president. I wanted to be smart. I wanted to be an influencer. I wanted to be leader of a nation, leader of people. But it begins at home. So often as parents, 
we've deferred our parental style and our parenting to other people. We deferred it to churches. A lot of our church, a lot of our children were getting raped and molested there, taken advantage of. Money, our money was getting stolen there. Some of our wives were getting stolen from there. Some of our husbands were getting stolen from there. Because we took the, our hands off of our children, we let someone else raise them. We thought, okay, fine, if the churches can't get it right, and the pastors and the you know, priests and whatever you want to call them, they can't keep our kids safe or they can't keep their hands off my kids or my wife or my spouse or my money, whatever, then you know what? I'll take them out. I'll, I'll, I'll put them in the schools. Let the schools take care of them. Schools getting shot up. Teachers molesting kids. Kids molesting kids. Kids bullying kids. Oh, let's take prayer out of the schools because you know what? You know, churches are messed up. But it's funny how our money still says in God we trust and Pledge of Allegiance still says one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, but that's not true. Somebody needs to fact check that is what we need to be spending our time doing. Parents, we can't give away our responsibility, our God-given right our, to, to manage and, and to lead our children, lead our home. And we can't give our thoughts over to the government because if, if we really get back to life and get back to reality, like the song says, that these politicians work for us. We're the ones that vote them in and we're the ones that keep them in. If we've actually fact-checked our constitution, we the people, ha, huh, is what this is built on, not standing on. There's a whole lot of people standing on we the people instead of being led for and by the people. We need to make sure as a parent that if we want this great nation of ours to make a difference in the world, to, to, if we want this great nation to be great again, we have to start at home and be great. We have to make sure that we ourselves are owning our responsibilities at home, in our household, checking homework, checking with our children. A lot of our kids are working from home. Do we actually know where our kids are with their homework? I suffer from that as well. I get I get too overcaught in into working because I'm trying to make a living. I'm trying to be a good steward over what the Lord's given me from a financial, from a job perspective, when we need to be all good stewards of the gifts of the children that the Lord has given us. And we're like, well, Craig, how do we do that? I got, I got to work. I can't, you know, and, and then what am I, what am I doing with my child? I, I, I got to go to work and my child's under age, you know, under six, seven, eight, nine. And the, I, I have to have a, a job, but I got to leave them at home to, to do school from remote. I know a lady I've talked to, she couldn't take a job because her daughter was underage so, so, and she had no place to take her so she could do her remote schooling. That should never be. But it is. But at least she took responsibility for her daughter's safety. Now, I don't know how she eats. I don't know, because that stimulus package, it only came once, maybe, I don't know, twice for some unemployment. I don't know what, I don't know how she eats, to be honest. I don't know how a lot of people eat, to be honest. If you don't have a job that's in process, that's open right now, that's paying you with so many jobs and buildings that are closing or closed, but yet the but yet the real estate market is booming, so somebody making money. Finally, the construction, follow a friend of mine on social media, saying construction is like at a record high. 
I look up and down the street where I live. There are people renovating their homes like there is no tomorrow. And I'm like, how is that possible? Where's that extra money coming from? Because we, if so many people are claiming to be out of work, but yet somebody's building, planning for the future. If some people's future can't even be but a few minutes from now because that's all they had money for or their money already ran out. So we're not even sure what they're going to do for the next meal. And, and, and thank God that the air is not got a cost on it because some people couldn't even afford to buy air. And if you, speaking of which, if you live in a hot area right now, bless you with some cool air because a hundred degree temperature right now, the electricity bill to pay for that cool air ain't free. And trust me, I live in a place where it doesn't have hot air all the time. I don't even have air conditioning in my home and I still had a $500 lecture bill. But that's because my kids are home all day running the power so they can attend class, going in and out of my fridge so they can eat, running their fans so they can stay cool, running their computer so they can stay in class, running up my food bill because I'm because my cafeteria is closed at the school, but my cafeteria is open at my house. I know, yeah, by the way, I got four boys. 12, 14, 15 turning 16 and just turned 17, those are the ones that live in my house. I have a 25-year-old that live outside of my house. But bless God, he's got a job. He's, he's gainfully employed, not living at the house with dad. Okay, so we're ranting and raving today. But it starts at home. We've given our, we've given our influence away. When we want people on social media YouTube influence YouTubers and stuff to teach our kids what's right and showing us that if I just get a million followers, I can get paid by YouTube. And I asked someone, how does getting, how does getting a million followers equate to actually have you be eligible for any type of monetary compensation? Because some of these people, I know there's some people out there are doing some great things and providing some great content out there, but yet there's some other people out there that are doing nothing nice doing nothing that makes any sense, but yet they're getting all the sensational reviews. So I don't understand how the people who are actually doing right, people trying to uplift, trying to trying to push forward, a lot of us get nothing. And, and, okay, you can say, well, Craig, you're bitter. You're, you're sad because you don't have a million followers. You know what? Yeah, I was that way for a while. I was like, okay, Lord, you have me doing this thing. You have me doing this radio show for almost coming on five years. I'm on one station. I've been, and I bless God for the one station. Thank you for allowing me to be here. But Lord, is anybody listening? Anybody paying attention? There's, I don't have a large following on social media that I'm aware of. I don't know what do you have me doing with this, Lord, but and I was just I was just lamenting. I was writing my own book of lamentations. And the Lord spoke to me really clear. He says, you know what? Raising men needs to be that, not needs to be. Let me make this just make it plain and be truthful, be transparent. The Lord said the raising raising men needs to be, going to be, and will be that organization that's reachable and accessible. We already have a Jake's. We have Kirk Franklin's. We have those level people. Okay, if you don't like Jake's or if you don't like Kirk, okay, you got, uh, what's my dude's name? Well, Kenneth Copeland for those ones who are older. But some of the other, okay, Stephen Furtick's of the world. And the other young black guy, I can't remember his name variety of people if you need any of those millennial pastors 
Okay, fine. A lot of these cats aren't reachable. They're not attainable. They're not, the common man and woman can't just go and text them or call them and say, oh, by the way, I'm hurting. Oh, by the way, I have a question. Oh, by the way, on social media, we answer me because I'm hurting, because I'm, I'm, I'm having some questions because the pastor that I'm dealing with that, whose church I'm under doesn't listen to me, doesn't answer my text, and, and because the pastor that I'm, I'm coming to see or that I want to see that I'm paying my tithes to, that I'm, that I'm serving in his ministry, he won't return my call. He won't, he won't even come and answer my question, and I can't, I can't have a, an open discussion with them because they, they don't listen because they're too busy growing their ministries. They're too, they're too busy asking for an offering right now. They're, they're too busy doing X, Y, and Z with other people. They're just too busy, but yet right now, we're supposed to be in quarantine, which means that everybody should have plenty of time yeah okay so all right so if if you got your feelings hurt on that one that's just too bad that's just too bad because i find myself getting more calls now than i have probably in the last four years from people who want to talk who need someone to listen to them who want some another man to be interested in their life and who they are and where they are, and more importantly, how they are. And that's the most important of all of this. Most of us men are incomplete, developed, incompletely developed men. We're children who weren't developed enough by the right people to give us the nurturing, give us the care, give us the instructions that we really needed to be fully developed men. So we're half-baked. And a lot of women are like, oh, guys, these, these, these guys are this or that. They're, you know, in, in, in worst case, a lot of them say we're useless in a lot of cases. We only have one good use. And some of us are not even good enough for that. A procreation opportunity, and that's it. But here's the thing. When you look at how, how the, the devil has tricked a lot of people, making us believe that there was... The men should be like the Marlboro man, cigarette smoking. I don't say, but you say cowboy hat. And I know Marlboro man is an older expression, older analogy. For those of you older, you'll catch it in a minute as you're smoking your Newport. But a lot of us, even nowadays, the enemy wants us to believe that we need to be hip hop stars or R&B stars or rock stars or YouTubers or other social media influencers with all that fake and pomp and circumstances, really not who we are. Because no one at home is teaching us who we are and who we should be because our parents are checked out. Our parents are scrolling. All right, I know this, the track is rolling too. We'll be right back. We'll continue this thought. This is Craig Carlisle. This is the Raising Men Show. It begins at home. It's a series we're in right now. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202. 
or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carla, on WKBY 1088. So what do we do? Where we, what are we, how do we fix this thing? In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of some of the greatest unemployment in probably half a century, we're at a point where we haven't, in this, haven't had this much civil and social unrest since the Watts riots days. We're at a point where parents, divorce rate is up, suicides up, abuse is up across the board. Children run away, not sure where they can run, not sure where we're gonna, what we're going to do. We're, we've got kids stuck in video games because the video game game systems have become their parents and their babysitters. And in some cases, we've told them that even video games can be their job. Because if you, if you game and you stream enough on these fancy streaming shows, we're not going to call them out because they don't sponsor the show, so we're not going to give anybody any shine on that, sorry. If I play enough games and get a high enough score, if I get a national ranking or world ranking high enough, I can get paid to do this. Seriously? Seriously? You get paid to get... Why, why should a 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14-year-old have carpal tunnel from playing a video game on a controller? But, but here's the thing. We used to laugh at athletes for, you know, being overpaid and, you know, just to play a game. But I, I'm sure every athlete you talk to, well, I, I work hard for the money. Yeah, I'm sure you do, honey. I'm sure you work hard for that. But so does that doctor that's trying to save your life. So when any of these athletes or any of us common people who would need someone or POTUS to help them get saved from a virus now or cancer, yeah. I don't know the doctors make, some doctors make a lot of money. Those who have managed to make it above that glass ceiling and, and live long enough to tell about it, managed to live long enough to, to pay off their, their medical school loans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you pick a fancy occupational like plastic surgery. Okay, all right, we won't go there. We won't talk. We, I, I told you, I promise you, I promise you in previous shows, I'm, I'm not going to be the, 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 the shock jock of Christian talk, but I, I'm going to tell it to you straight. Because I'm a, I'm a widowed dad of five sons. And I can't see a lot of role models out there who are teaching my sons a bunch of nothing. Doggone sure not my president. Doggone sure not my presidential candidate. From any party at this point. I used to think it was other people. I used to think it was family. To, to some of those people and family, you know, shifted the wrong way. I wouldn't want, some people I wouldn't want my kids to walk across the street with them because I don't trust them. And if and if it, if you say if you can't say amen, say ouch, because I know I know you know people that are saying well that you wouldn't you wouldn't trust them to walk you across the street either because you wouldn't trust that they wouldn't push you back out of from an oncoming car. But our leadership is showing us that it's okay. And, and I, okay, I'm I'm a music DJ, so those of you who are you know following us, you know, and watching what we're doing on social media and in in on this station as well, you know, we started the framework about. We'll be on, we're on episode 20 or 22, right? So about 22, 23 weeks in right now on the framework. And it's a Christian hip-hop show. And, and back in the day when I used to DJ, when I was, you know, 13, 14 and beyond, I mean, having a radio cut or the clean version was a thing. It was a thing back in, what was that, like the, the 90s, 80s and 90s. You had a clean version where 
radio stations and were demanding it because their listeners were demanding it. We, we as parents were still trying to do something with our voice to parent our kids and steward our kids. Well, we had, yeah, a lot of us had begun to give the keys to the kingdom away and kind of let the kids run away and, and, and hide and, and let someone else take care of them and broken homes and divorce rates being up and, you know, prison rates for the black community going up and up and, and you name it. But we were still demanding some form of wholesome value, some wholesome words. We were demanding it. So we had a clean version. So we can, it may not be the popular one. If you're bopping your head to your favorite song, you know, hip hop, R&B, whatever, and you get to a profane word, jump in there, and it would be the beep or the revert, the backward mask, and the reverse, the word would be played in reverse, or some funny sound would be over the top, and it would sound kind of ridiculous, and you kind of go, oh. Hell yeah, especially with those songs when the, the artists would have a lot of profanity. There would be a lot of beep, and there would be a lot of reverse words. There would be a lot of silence for those four or five minutes or Radio Cut 325. But nowadays, because we've stopped demanding it, because our children who've been having children, who've been having their children with third and four, three and four generations living in the same house and under the age of 28, that's a problem. You're like, well, how did that math work out? Great, three or four generations on the age of 28 living in the same house. Well, you figure it out. Figure out how a woman would get pregnant at a young age, 10, 12, 14 years old, having a child. That child gets to be 10, 12, 14 years old, having a child. That that parent, that, that, that mother gets to be 22, 25, 28, and she's had two or three or four more children, and those children and so on, and still dealing with those men and or women who are taking advantage of them. Hello, somebody. And everybody's having children. And, and where are the men that were supposed to be standing up in the church, standing up in the political arenas, in the courtroom, standing up on the law enforcement, standing up on the corner, standing up on the block? Because back in the day, the old folks used to be respected on the block. Because back in the day, the old folks used to do things that were respectful on the block. On my block, I don't even know my neighbors. I think my neighbor next door to me, his name is Bob, I think. I'm not even sure. Because I need to get in my house before Bob tries to ask me for something. Or for, or for before I think Bob's going to say something to me. Because I'm not really sure what Bob's going to say to me. Because I'm not sure if Bob is red or blue in terms of his political view. I'm not sure if Bob liked who won the debate. I'm not sure if Bob's going to say something to me or someone else going to say something to me that's sideways about something. And I'm going to feel some kind of way. Because I don't want to be on one of those world, world star videos right now. Because for me, I fit every description that you want to say. So when I'm walking in the morning, I'm real cognizant and I'm on the phone with some other people while I'm walking because I want someone to know. I'll text my kids from time to time and a friend of mine and his wife to say, hey, look, I'm walking this morning just so there was a, 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 a documented time stamp as to, well, when did he leave the house? Did anybody have a clue? Yeah, anybody know what he was wearing? No, we don't know that. But we at least didn't know he said he was walking past these people's house about leaving about this time of the day. And at least there was somebody on the phone. They may not know where I'm at, but they knew that they were talking to me about the time that my phone went dead. And I lived in this general vicinity. But what happened to our children? And for the parents of us like, like, like me that are complaining about homeschooling and remote learning or whatever the proper term is right now and who are clamoring like a bunch of violent wolves trying to get their kids pushed back into a school system, back into a classroom that's really not even safe. So help me understand, if POTUS got COVID and he's the president of these United States of America, he got COVID from an aide and he came home and gave it to his wife. Now, okay, now I get it. I'm sure 
that POTUS could socially distance himself from anybody because I know you got Secret Service, so you got to be close to somebody. That means Secret Service people getting checked too, and then the, but they didn't make the tweet today. So I'm, and I'm again, I'm not political. I'm just telling you facts. I'm just telling you like it is right now. POTUS has COVID nineteen. Check it for you. Fact check that for yourself. Fact check the fact that how are our kids in a classroom of 40 or less, 30 depending on if you're, or less if you're in a community-based, you know, public school or private less, probably 10, 12. If you're in charter school, it's probably 10, 12, 7, 2, whatever it is. How are we keeping our kids safe in these classrooms when no one's dealing with the truth fact, the true fact that if the air conditioning system has an issue with the, with the COVID-19 virus being in the air conditioning system, how are we cleaning that out? How are we cleaning the tables between and before each classes? How are we making sure that the ki- we know what these kids have before they come to class? My, uh, my 12-year-old son, who's middle school, he used to go to the elementary school across the street from our house. He tells me today we're out doing grocery shopping, running errands, buying shoes, because my kids haven't gone anywhere in you know, since February and it's October. So I haven't bought, dad hasn't bought shoes. Dad doesn't buy clothes. You, you weren't high water pants. So what the capris, that's the style. It's the skinny, skinny jeans and capris. Yep. You're growing in capris. That's, that's okay. But dad, they're near my knees. I don't, I don't care. They're, they're shorts for the summer. That's fine. As long as the waist is, is good, son, you're good. You know, and if your shoes are breaking out, put your slides on. You're, you're, you're good. You're not going anywhere anyway. Okay. And as long as the shirt you're wearing in class isn't the same shirt on video that you had from the day before, you're good. Make sure you wash it. Cause if I smell it, that's a problem. I'm just saying. Son tells me, Dad, the elementary school kids that are going back to school, they have to wear two masks. All the times, no exceptions. Okay, so somebody tell me what kind of sense does that make? If they're already telling us on the box for the mask manufacturers that these traditional blue face masks or any, and this is no disrespect, disrespect to anybody making a fabric mask or making their own mask to give or sell to people to provide, you know, a safe breathing for anyone, for themselves and beyond. If we're not buying the tight enough weave on our fabric to make a mask, and if the, the mask we're buying that the doctors are wearing in a surgical room, if the surgical doctor's mask is what we're buying, if those aren't even good enough to stop the COVID virus, COVID-19 virus, how in the world is wearing two of those gonna make a difference? It's just gonna make it harder for you to breathe, it's gonna make the kid harder to stay awake for that child before they nod off because it, it's not getting proper oxygen into their lungs to give you blood, oxygenated blood for their brains. But yet somebody made them believe, okay, well, the parents want them to go back to school. What are we going to do? Well, give the people what they want. P- parents want to get away from the kids because we've taken our hands off the wheel. And let somebody else raise them. Let somebody, I'm tired of dealing with them. I got to go back to work. Here, you take care of them. I can't deal with it no more. So you sent the kid to school with two masks on. And these are elementary school kids. When was the last time you saw an elementary school kid do something that they were supposed to do longer than two minutes? But yet you want these elementary school kids who are probably anywhere from two to 20 in a class. And I know the numbers are down because I live on the corner. Like I said, I live across the street from the school. So I hear all the cars and all the kids go by that are parking on my side, walking down to the entrance. And I know the numbers are down. So there's some type of modified deal with the classroom size. In any case, if that classroom has five or 10 kids, there's no way I'm believing that those kids are coming to school, coming to class every day and keeping a double mask on the entire day, no 
exceptions. And I haven't looked at the rules. I don't even know what the kids are doing for lunch. So I know at some point the kids got to eat. So that mask has to come off during lunch. So we're assuming and hoping and praying that they're taking lunch outside. But are they getting lunch from the school? I don't know. I mean, but I, I can't worship in church because there's too many people in church because COVID-19 can get me if I'm in church. But yet if I go to a restaurant, same amount of people pass through, but it's okay there. But I can go to the supermarket, same amount of people in a supermarket have come through that it may have come through on a Sunday service. And you know, I don't know about you and your supermarket, but I've seen them wipe the, the handrails and wipe the carts off, the, the parts that you're touching that you go, but I don't remember the last time I saw them wipe a, a rail or a counter off or the product off or the produce off when people are touching the different produce, different bananas and oranges and peaches, things that have a, a, a skin that you would eat. I don't remember the last time anybody wipe those with a chemical agent to kill the COVID virus. And I, and I don't also remember anybody running a ultraviolet light over the fruit to keep the virus down. So I, I don't know when that happens. So, but yeah, we can't worship at church in a building because singing is the worst way to promote the COVID virus. But so talking as a teacher in a class, that doesn't help. That doesn't do anything bad either. And then talking to the lady at the register or the man at the register in the supermarket, with and around the glass that you have to get the change from and the receipt from. That's not... Anyway, we're going to take another break and we'll come back. And I, I can tell this is going to be a long series in itself. You're listening to the to the Craig Carlisle show. Oh my goodness, this is Raise Men Show. We'll be right back. It's been a long time. Preach, preach up. If you really want to party with me, you got it. This is Mr. C, the host of The Framework, a Christian hip-hop music show. We're all getting back to live and looking for something new, clean, and something to bob your head to. Well, here it is. My four youngest sons and I, we're playing the best in Christian hip-hop music. Mainstream, indie, local artists, you name it. You don't have to be a super producer to get on the show. Follow The Framework on social media for air times and locations. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo, on WKBY 1080 AM. All right, so we're back. So we were trying to, I was trying to get to a point where we kind of help each other, trying to help ourselves, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure we know where the help is right now because some people talk about, you know, you know, Craig, I, I'm not a teacher. I don't, I don't know how to teach my kids nothing. And, and I, you know, I, I can't do homeschooling or distance learning. That's, that's a problem. My kids are young and I have to work and I'm working from home. And I got, I have a zoom conference to be on, to be attentive, but yet, you know, I have an underage child, you know, somewhere elementary school, I got to keep them attentive. And I'm like, God bless you. At least you're trying. I, I hear you. Then I know it's hard. I, I get it. I'm, I have four sons. Did you hear me? I have four sons that I'm work with almost every day. I almost says I'm different, but every day. 
And and I'm trying to work too. I have a customer service related job where I'm on the phone or I'm on the live chat and I'm working with teammates and trying to solve technical problems. And I had a technical problem in my house just last week. I have, I'm sitting here on the phone with a customer trying to, you know, actively, you know, be professional and solve an issue. And my 12 year old comes running into my office, dad, dad, come here now. I need you right now. And I'm the, the running joke around my house is, look, is the house on fire? If the house is not on fire, then, you know, you need to call me back and, and leave me alone. And he ran away. And I had to tell the customer, okay, wait a minute, can I, can you put you on hold a second? Cause we didn't, we didn't even have hold. I got the whole button because all I do is turn my mic off so they couldn't hear anything in the background because we just don't have a phone system. So I go kind of running into the house and my son had gone and got this 17 year old and out of class to let him know that he needed him because I wasn't coming fast enough. I'm thinking there must be like a fire going on. Something's something serious is going on. Somebody hurt. Something's going on around the corner looking towards my kitchen and my kitchen is full of smoke. Uh, yeah. I said smoke. We have a fire in my house. My my son, we we make popcorn on a regular basis. We're not the we were the family that used to do microwave popcorn. And then I don't know one of our friends or somebody turned us on to you know kind of going back old school. You get the jar of of popcorn kernels and you put them in a very very shallow amount of cooking oil or olive oil and you let that warm up and you put the you know the kernels on top and you let the heat you keep the lid on and kind of keep it the pan or pot moving to the kernels pop okay yeah you know, you know what i'm saying it's not the jiffy with the tinfoil on top these are real kernels with some real oil well somehow you know we don't i, I don't know I, I know how but i don't because i'm an electrical engineer so i can sure i can do the math and well maybe i can it's been a long time but i, I know one equation we can use to talk about combustion i know the the temperature which that oil would catch on fire but this particular child has made popcorn the same exact way several times. Not like it's a one-time occurrence. wasn't like it was just two times. This child has made it on a regular basis, and he's very good at it. I've made popcorn. All the kids make popcorn. But somehow this oil caught on fire. But I'm thankful because my child didn't lose, didn't panic, didn't lose control, didn't, you know, otherwise my, my kitchen was not engulfed in flames and I'm not out of doors trying to explain to the homeowner, hey, you know, that rental property that I have over on that corner, yeah, it burned down or the kitchen burned because we made popcorn. But thankfully, Lord, he stepped in and he kept the, my son calm. I do carry, have fire extinguishers in my home because we have a fire pit in the back as well. It is gas and it's natural gas. So it's not like it's a wood burning fire pit. So let's not be super spiritual and Wonder what's going on, and you know there is a fire extinguisher nearby. But bl- bless God that my my son had enough wits about him to listen to the Holy Spirit to put the lid back on the pot, to and and to turn the gas flame off on the stove on the cooktop. So you take the fuel away and you take the oxygen away, and the smoke was just it had been billowing out from around the pot from the burning oil. So when the the heat went down and the fuel burned off from the oil. The panic, you know, the the panic stopped and subsided. But it was tough to breathe. It was tough to see in that room for a good period of time. And my son was a little shook because this was a legitimate fire. This could have been a real problem. I say all this to say, well, some people think, well, yeah, this wouldn't have happened had we, my kid, our kids been in school because they wouldn't have been 
doing that unsupervised and you know why were you letting your kid you know do things over open flame and well, excuse me if i'm training up a child in the way he should go so when he is old he won't depart from it that kid understood and knew how to handle himself around a flame he he needs to know and he how to cook and 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 do some things for himself because his mother's not there with him and so his dad knowing he had five sons to raise from the from the last eight years to now i wasn't going to be washing all of their laundry making all of their meals i wasn't going to be doing all of the work for them because i needed them to be gamefully employed intelligent young men who understood what it took to get through life so yes that 12 years old that 12 year old was using an open flame trying to make some popcorn during his lunch hour while his dad was at work inside the house. Yes, I did praise him for keeping himself calm and not having a different problem, a larger problem. Not just even, even the point of not even exhausting a fire extinguisher on a situation that didn't need it. We were blessed enough not to have a bigger problem. And I'm thankful for what happened because that was a teaching moment. We were able to teach all of the boys. Those who were sitting in class just right around the corner. He ran past one of his brothers to come get me. He actually ran past three of his brothers actually come get me. There was a problem there to teach through. Teaching the other sons, hey, you know what? If you smell something, you, you need to do something. Ask a question. Come and see. If you smell food that's cooking, that means it's, it's, it's almost done. Somebody needs to come and check. I got to working today and got caught up in doing some other things. I burnt dinner tonight. I never burn food. Because it's, one, it's wasteful. Two, I'm a foodie. And I love to cook. But I didn't set a timer like I knew the Lord did. So we're talking about how we're helping ourselves and what are we supposed to do is, well, we're supposed to listen to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit told me to set a timer so I wouldn't have burned dinner. Holy Spirit teaches me, says to teach these kids and when a fire breaks out like this or you smell something funny or you hear something funny, you need to take a moment and listen and find out what that is. Because t- two kids were within 10 feet, 20 feet tops of the, of the burning dinner from today. One child was within 10 feet of the burning popcorn pot. He never moved. Another kid was 25 feet from the burning smoking pot. He never moved. These kids, oh, I smelled something funny. It smelled like it was burning, but I was in class. So you'd rather be in a house burning to the ground because you smell something, but you're supposed to be in class, so you don't want to leave. Well, sorry, teacher, I, I died in a fire because I was I didn't want to leave class because you know we were in class, but my house was on fire. I, I didn't want to leave class. What are we supposed to be doing? What are we teaching? We're, we need to. It starts at home teaching our kids common sense and teaching our kids some trades, teaching our kids some how to think and not be robots, teaching our kids how not to spend every waking moment of every day with their noses in a video game and their fingers on a controller. It starts at home teaching our kids how to cook. It starts at home and teaching our kids how to clean and do chores and be responsible, how to walk the dog, how to pick up the poop, how to do things like that that have nothing to do with a video game or a TV. That's where it starts. It, 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 we, it starts with teaching our kids a trade, how to do audio editing or video editing, singing a song, playing an instrument. Cutting the grass for crying out loud. Picking up the weeds for goodness sakes. I know there's some issues with Roundup and they have the big you know, cancer thing if you've Roundup and there's a lawsuit. I, I get it, but, but if we want our men, in specifically, this is a show that's targeted at the men, but I understand there's a, there's a growing contingent of women that are listening too. And I'm grateful, I'm thankful at that, but this is a conversation. Maybe you can pick something out for this too, for you to teach your daughters, not just how to cook and how to clean, but you need to teach your daughters how to do some other things as well. A trade as well. Editing. 
I don't know, writing, blogging, reading, something, arithmetic, something, teaching your kids to do anything else besides play video games, talk on the phone, and run social media. We need to be, it starts at home with us being the role models. We need to be those influencers in our children's lives. We need to be listening. So if you want to be an influencer, you have to be a listener. That's one of the first things I'm learning as a parent. In the book that I'm actually writing, what fatherhood taught me is that if I want to be a good parent, if I want to be an influencer, that's one of the points I have to be a good listener. If I don't want to lose track and lose connection with my kids, that means I have to take an interest in them. I have to be intentional about what they're doing. I have to be intentional about our relationship. I have to be intentional to teach them who I am, and I have to be intentional about letting them teach me who they are. Even if there's moments in time where I don't like what that child, what that child is coming out to be because I've taken my hand off the wheel. I'm not saying that we need to be, you know, these Joe Jackson over-the-top type of people don't breathe unless I tell you to. No, that's not even necessary. Because that's how you create a robot. A robot does what the programming is. We need to be free thinkers. We need to be, we need an AI. We need a, not just an artificial intelligence. We need a real intelligence, an an RI. Kids and people who know how to make a decision, how to become better and and to know better. Because I've heard people say, my dad has said it too at a a, a funeral for my my late wife. He said, if you know better, you do better. I know so many people that know better, but they are just so jacked up and they don't do any better. And we watched it on the debate number one where those two gentlemen knew better, but they didn't do any better. Shame on them. Shame on all of us for not doing that. But, we, but if we want better out of our life, if we want better from our government, if we want better from our radio and TV programming, then we have got to demand it. It starts at home where our children no longer say that YouTube's content is better and I want to go watch it than church content. That, and, and we need to put out some better content, church, Christian uh, content creators. We don't need to have that stuff that looks like 1970s Mr. Rogers, oh my God. We need to have some real life TV, video, and and. and content that looks entertaining that actually reflects what we're doing in real life that's what we do here that's what we do with the with the framework that's what we're doing with the content we're creating on the on the raising men broadcasting and streaming network that's what we are doing in those companies we're creating the content that real life is a reflection of all right i'm gonna stop rambling we're at the end of the show we've used our, our time is well spent as they would say we'll be right back here next week on wkby 1080 a.m where we continue to talk about it begins at home i'm your host craig carlisle WKBY 1080 AM. We keep blessing you.